I'm truly excited about today because I'm going to be preaching about something I really am passionate about, but I've never preached about it because usually you don't hear about this stuff in, the, in church. And, uh, and it's two subjects I love to talk about when I was younger, especially when I was a teenager. When I first became a Christian, there were two things I loved to, to study. And one was science. I was kind of curious, how many of us liked science when you were in school? Okay, how many of us like, we preferred the English part of it? How many of us like both science and English? It doesn't usually work that way. It's either or, okay? Math and science, yeah? Yeah. So I love science, but as a teenager, my faith was a little bit fragile, so I started questioning things. I started hearing things about in the science book, and, and then I would read the Bible because I started learning about who God was when I was about 16 years old. And I was really, I became a student of God. I became a disciple, a learner. I wanted to learn everything I knew that there was to know about God. I, I read the Bible. There was, uh, I, I did Bible quiz where you had to memorize that year was the book of Acts. Um, yeah, Bible nerd, but you know, it was fun. And I, I just wanted to know everything about it. But then I had my science class and I had geology and I had a teacher of mine Mr. Erlenmeyer, and uh, Mr. Erlenmeyer was an atheist, and he tried to destroy my faith in God. He knew I was a Christian because I was kind of obnoxious back then, um, talked a lot. I changed a little bit in my ways in my old age, but, but uh, I had uh, two things that were going on at the same time in my life. I was going science book, and I was going my relationship with God slash faith, slash the Bible. I, I just couldn't get enough of the Bible, okay? And there are times where I don't want to read the Bible now, and I say, Lord, let me have the fervor of the scriptures that I had at first. And, and uh, when you pray that, I really believe that you can get a hunger for not only God, but it's his word. Because how do you get to know God? You go into his word. You, get, you spend time with him. And uh, I, I want to be honest, the, the, the reason why I remained a Christian. My mom and dad made me go to church. Does anybody, when you were a kid, did your parents make you go to church despite wanting to go? Some of us don't want to raise your hand. Be honest. You didn't want to go. That's boring. The pastor doesn't even know about how to be a teenager. How does he know? But I didn't want to go. But I said, God, I'm giving you a little bit of my life. I'm giving you this next six months. And, and, uh, the thing that helped solidify my faith with the scriptures and with church attendance and with seeking the Lord in prayer and all that and worship, all that was the fact, the fact that the creation was here, okay? Um, I've said this story a lot, but the, 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 first, the, the thing that solidified my faith 100% was driving up a hill in Bonnie Lake, Washington, stopping at a stoplight, Right by a Dairy Queen. I always remember the Dairy Queen over there. I can't forget that one. Wendy's over here. Beautiful place, but the best place was not just the gas station over here and the Dairy Queen and the Wendy's. It was Mount Rainier, right in front of me. It's like Bob Ross painting on steroids. It was the most beautiful picture, and I was at a stoplight, and I go, that's it, 100%. So beautiful. That was that the creation of God was what solidified my faith in God. It wasn't just, it was the Bible, yes. It was prayer, yes. 
It was church attendance, yes, but it wasn't just that. It was the creation of God that screamed that if there is a design, there has to be a designer, right? If there is a creation, there has to be a creator. If I drive up my, if I had my car parked right here, I said, this was made by Toyota, but it just showed up one day. All of a sudden, all the pieces came together and just, here's my white car. In fact, somehow it got painted white afterwards, right? right? Somehow, we never do that. Like this shirt right here, I've had this shirt a long time. I don't really have that much clothes, okay? I need to get more clothes. But, because you probably know what I'm going to be wearing next week, right? There's a blue one or a green one or whatever. Um, like, what's, what's after that shirt? Probably that green one. But I'm not the brightest bulb in the box, but I'm even, I even know that someone had to sew this together. Someone had to put the buttons on. you like, some machine. Okay, somebody had turned the machine on, right? Something, if something is there, if there is a creation, if there is a person... If they're, that glass, the glasses that you're wearing that helps you see a little bit clearer, someone had to put that together. That's not there by accident. No one is going to deny that. But then we look at creation. We say, nah. It was just a bunch of goo and ooze and so a bunch of primordial soup is what they call it. It just was there. All the perfect stuff. And there's a big bang. And here it is. Order. Gravity. All that kind of stuff. What an amazing coincidence that all of a sudden, all this stuff, where did the stuff come from? They don't want to get into that because they don't know. But it goes, boom. All of a sudden, everything's in order. Perfect. Now, I get the earth is not perfect right now. Okay? We could get into that. We're not going to get that today. But some people over the years, I've talked to people who they struggle with the idea of God, creation, and the origin of the universe because someone told them and they assumed that science and faith are on the opposite end of the truth spectrum. Okay, how many of us believe that science is a bad word? Is a bad bad word? It's a it's a, it's it's, it's and see. Here's the problem: in the last 200 years, especially in the 1800s, at the age of enlightenment, if you want to call it that, where there's a bunch of scientific discoveries, the church hid from science. The church went. I don't want science because science is the enemy. And then so people just hid from it instead of facing it head on that science isn't the enemy. Science isn't always right. Science used to think the earth was flat. Science used to think that the earth, everything revolved around the earth. That's not how it works, right? Science ebbs and flows. Science is simply learning and having knowledge. It's trying to find the origin of things. It's trying to make things how they work. Now, you can read a science book right now, and the first page, you're going to go, that's not right. So I'll admit it, okay? My purpose for today is that each one of us as Christians, we're simply not just going, whatever. No, we're actually becoming students. Been a long time since you've been to school, okay? that we need to become students not only of Scripture. We need to be students of Scripture. We need to have our noses in this thing so much that our nose, we need to get a little sun on our nose because it's been in the book too long, right? We need, to, we need to learn about God. We need to dig deeper. But we need to try to learn about how the universe even works. Why? Because what you're going to do with creation, what you're going to see when you see how, how complex everything is, how beautiful everything is, 
it's going to point to his designer. The scripture says the heavens declare the glory of God. And that is literally my testimony is that I probably wouldn't be a Christian today if I didn't see that Mount Rainier image in my, now from my house, I could see Mount Rainier, but there was that image. Uh, I, I, if I was even close, I'd drive there right now and just drive in that spot because it was like a beautiful, you don't get a lot of clear days over there, but it was blue sky. The mountain was just, it looked like it was on top of the hill. And if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have believed in God. But is it true that science and God is opposed? See, I've met many, many, many people who do not believe in God. Actually, I'm thinking about one individual right now that I met one time at Bible camp. He was a church leader, and he ended up not believing in God. In fact, he's an atheist. Why is that? Because he started reading, he started studying science. He started, people were telling him, there's no way on earth that your Bible's right. He started searching evolution. He said, okay, everyone was just here, and all of a sudden, you're just changing, evolving, and becoming from some rock to becoming a complex individual, and he couldn't handle it anymore. To him, and for a lot of people, science and God are at opposite ends of the spectrum. In fact, people who believe that they're opposite, they would say, there's no way any rational person could read this and be sane. Okay, you might not say that or even have heard anyone say that. I have. I've been called backwards, and I've been called, uh, you're just one of those rednecks, you know. I didn't grow up in the country, but here I am. I love it here. But um, you're just one of those rednecks that will just believe whatever, even if it denies truth. They say, well, tell me a little bit about science. Tell me about what you believe. And they say, there's no way on earth that you can trust what science says, and trust the Bible. My question is, is that even true? The question really is, is are God and science opposed? Another question right below that, I added that this morning, does science disprove God? I want to throw it right now because I love science. And all, there's a lot of history of the scientists that did major discoveries. You know what? You might shock you to find out that they were Christians. The Christ, people who discovered massive things about the truth and about the fact that the, you know, the, the uh, universe revolves around the sun and not the other way around, he got shunned by the church. He believed in God, and he was able to discover science. To him, science showed that this universe is massive. You know what? The biggest thing, I want to say it right now, when I, when I, when I studied like science, and I try to read a little bit, and I learn. Though I am not the brightest bulb in the box, but I'll tell you something. What, what it proves is that this universe is very complex. And I was watching this video a while ago, and it was talking about how, how expansive the universe is. Like, we can only go so far with our telescopes and all that, and there's even more beyond that. It's expanding. Rewind the tape. And it shows you that there's a beginning, by the way. But anyway, that the stars and everything is going out. And, and uh, if it's so complex, it's more complex. The universe and your brain and your eyes and your ears are so complex 
that you are more complex than a computer that you buy from Walmart. You are complex. Did you know you're a pretty complex computer? Your brain's a complex computer. We don't 100% understand how your brain works. Okay? To me, as I was thinking back as a younger Christian, and I was pretty fragile and going, is this thing real or not? I said, it's so complex that there is no earthly way that everything's here just by accident. My hope is to help you solidify your faith, but my number one hope is that you're here and you become a student of God. You become a student of truth because when you seek truth, you're going to find truth or truth's going to find you. And that is my story that I seek truth and I find truth. And so don't be afraid to study like the universe. Don't be afraid to study how complex this world is because to me, this is what helped me solidify that we need a, we need a big God. We need a complex God that I can't quite wrap my brain around the idea of God. Not 100%. I trust that he's there. I believe he's there. But can I comprehend God 100%? No. When I think about God and how massive and powerful he is and how glorious he is and how beautiful, my brain starts hurting. Okay? See, the problem is when you read some science books, which maybe you haven't. I haven't read a science book since high school. But I've studied a little bit of science since then. And sometimes you do find that science is opposed to God. Science is opposed to faith. Science is opposed to creation. Science is opposed to... Uh, it, it's, that's the rational thinking. But if you're a Christian, you're irrational. You're not thinking with your brain. Okay, I want you to think, I heard it this a long time ago by Josh McDowell. He, I had a book when, I don't even know what happened to it. It's got to be somewhere. But it said, basically, don't leave your brain at the door. And basically it was saying, as a Christian, you're okay to use your brain and think. Okay? You don't need to dissect your head and take out your brain and go, I'm leaving out by the door. Now I'm in church. No, God gave us a brain to think, to discover, to get to know who God is. He didn't just give you your heart. He didn't just give you your willpower. He gave you a brain to think and comprehend and process and, and, and just look through things. And it will show you that God is, in fact, real. But some people, they see the relationship between science and the Bible as competitive instead of cooperative. You can have Bible or you got science. You got faith and hope and all that kind of, I hope it's real. I hope it's true. You got creation over here, but then you got science. I want to say it right now because it's a huge thing that people are, they, they, they believe in evolution. You guys, you guys ever study evolution? It's okay if you did. It's not, it's not a sin to study evolution. The reality is that science, scientists will say it's a fact. When I'm telling you right now, there's not one shred of evidence that it is in fact Real, okay? It's a theory. Everybody say theory, okay? I'm not banking my whole eternity on something that they claim is real and right and true. That's actually what they're doing is lying. Is that's actually just a theory. That if you look at the complexity of our and how our universe works, evolution falls apart. It falls apart. I can't tell you a week since I've become a Christian, though I haven't read something about evolution, not because I believe in it, 
but to try in my own brain and in my own heart, try to go, what is truth? What is real? If someone were to come up to me, a person that's evolutionist and say, you don't believe this? Why do you believe in creation? There came a point where I go, I don't know how to answer that. And my goal is to reach people for Christ. My goal is to say, God, I don't understand everything, but I'm going to try to come up with something in my own heart that this is why I believe what I believe. This is why I believe that, in fact, God is real. This is why I believe that God did create this world. This is why I believe in a creation and not that we're here by accident. And I do, our, I'm, I'm, I'm there right now. Now, 400 years after the life of Jesus, he's still alive, but he went to be with the Father, right? 400 years after, there was a guy we call St. Augustine of Hippo. Anybody ever heard of St. Augustine? Not the city, but the man himself. He believed that, and he taught the Bible and science were complementary. And when St. Augustine said something, people started to believe that they were complementary. It was a very common thought, 400 years after Christ, that you could take science and you could look at God and creation and the Bible and faith, and they, compl they complement each other. You can have the science and you can have the Bible. In fact, it was a very common belief for 1,500 years that the Bible and science actually complement each other. And um, he would say that St. Augustine and Hippo, this is not an exact quote, but it's pretty close. This is basically a summary of his teaching, is that the conflict, if you have a conflict between science and faith, which in the 1800s, the late 1800s, when there was a scientific boom, the church said, we think that science is the enemy. We're not going to study science. We're going to deny everything. We don't like it. We, they're going to hell, that kind of thing. He says the conflict between science and faith comes from either misunderstanding science or misinterpreting the Bible. Okay? Now, you're, I'm going somewhere here because it's a lot different. Okay? If we fall asleep, I'm going to make you jump, do jumping jacks or something. Okay? This is very important because some people, I hope to... God, that each one of us, I pray to God that each one of us have somebody in our life that doesn't quite believe in God, that you can influence them. That you can actually know why you believe what you believe. You can, you can actually say, this is why I believe that God exists. This is why I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. That we don't just go, I don't know. I don't know. And if that's, if that's us right now, we became a student of God. Now, what if the Bible and the science aren't really at odds? What if it's actually meant to work together? I'll give you a couple examples of things that are meant to work together. Okay, and you can finish it. Salt and pepper. What? You ever have salt? Some of us have a salt and that's it. But we literally have salt and pepper together always at the table or on our, in our kitchen. Okay, peanut butter and I was telling this to Lydia, and she tried to she tried to finish it with something else. I said peanut butter, and she said, and I I was gonna say jelly, but she said jam. I said salt, and and she goes vinegar or something like that. I'm like, no, 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 don't. Yeah, you know, there are things that work together. Okay, there are things that it's meant to be. Uh, fish and chips, fries, but we say chips. Batman and Robin. Batman who? <laughs> Batman and Robin. Okay, Joel and Lydia. I like that one best. Okay, there's things that work together. They're, 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 they might seem like they're opposite, but they, when they're together, they're perfect, right? 
Why can't we say that about science and faith? In fact, when you read the Bible, I'm going to give you a couple verses here of things that are not either or, they're both and. Okay, the Bible is very clear. There, we, we kind of, at, we put things at odds. And I'm not saying, okay, I'm not an evolutionist, period. I don't believe in it. I think it's hogwash. We don't have, we don't, every, every ounce of evidence that they've had, like this little bone that they named Lucy, they put together this entire thing based, and this is an old, this is old, this, this is, there's, there's new stuff that they say, but Lucy came from this little bone, and they built the whole thing around that little bone, and they figured out that that bone wasn't even from, it was from like some animal that wasn't even that, so they had to throw away the whole theory Okay, that's how ridiculous it is. Okay, there is no, you might have someone that might, you might have a family member that looks like a little chimpanzee or monkey. They have a lot of hair over their bodies. That doesn't mean that they're like the middle ground. Okay, they're half monkey, half man. Okay, there is none of that. There's no evidence of it. So I do not, but I will say that when you study science, when you study the universe, when you see how complex it is, how beautiful, how wonderful it is, it will lead you to truth. It will lead you to what, how, and if, if you can't figure it out, guess what? You will come to the conclusion that this universe is so complex that no one could, no one can believe with a rational brain that it's here on accident. Because I'd, I, I would be able to win the lotto every single day for the rest of my life. Every time I gambled, I'd win, 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 win. That's not going to happen, okay? The reality is all that stuff would have to line up perfectly for it to be complex, not going to happen. And again, everything that you own is not here by accident. My, I don't have my wallet. Here, I have a cough drop. Hold on. How many of you think of this cough drop is here accidentally? Even the paper that it's in, someone had to make it. We say that about everything, this building. Okay, everything, that, that screen, everything. Why do we look at humanity and the complexity of the stars, the complexity of gravity, the complexity of the tilt of the earth, the complexity of the distance between the sun and the earth, and, and, and how perfect it is. How in the world can it be here by accident? You can believe in faith, the Bible, you should, <laughs> and you can look at the complexity of the universe through science, and it will actually say, in your brain, will start to say in your brain, it's not either or, it's and. Because God created the heavens and the earth. Now, here's a few statements of and. Revelation 22, these are just for fun. Revelation 22, 13, I am, this, this is Jesus, I am the Alpha and, everybody say and. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end, right? Jesus is both and. He is, who is Jesus? He's God, 100%, and he's 100% human, Wow, all of a sudden my brain hurts again. How can that be possible? It's a good question. This whole universe and the idea of God is, I will admit, it's very complex. And to try to think if I am using 5% of my brain, which is a very high number, it's probably like less than 1% of my brain power, okay? If I, if I had another cup of coffee right now, it might go up to another 0.1% that I'm using but if that idea of who God is is in the 99.999% that I'm not using, man, because he's so complex. He's the first and the last. He knows everything. In fact, 
John 1.14, Jesus says that Jesus came, who came from the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. This is one of my favorites because oftentimes you either have grace or truth. I, can't, I can go up to someone, I can tell you the truth. You're a sinner. That's truth, maybe. I'm, I'm a sinner, right? I made an assumption there. Okay? Or I can say, you know what? Oh, it's okay. Just have grace. See, some people think it's grace or truth. Jesus, he was so perfect. He is, he's full of grace and truth. He had a way of telling the truth to people in a very graceful way. I need to learn that. How many of us need to learn how to do that? Tell the truth to people in a graceful, loving manner. They need to hear the truth. Yes. Are people going to hell without Christ? Yes. We can't, I could be blue. I could be, my face can turn purple. Yelling at people about the, the destiny. Or I could say, you know what? Let me, sh- let me show them in a very loving manner the truth about who Christ is, that there's hope in Christ. Jesus is full of grace and truth. Hebrews 12, 2, for those New King James people that love New King James, here we go. I love the New King James. Here you go. It's Hebrews 12, 2. I love this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the beginning of your faith. You can't claim credit for knowing Christ. He started the whole thing. You go, no, that's not true. I, I ran up to the altar. Or I was at a bar one time, and I got drunk, and I, I was face down on the bar, and I had a revelation. God, okay, who brought you the revelation? Is anybody's story you were in the bar and God showed up? That would be a wonderful story, actually. Okay, anybody have a, uh, you ran to the altar? A couple of us. You, you were in your home. Did you give your life to Christ when you were home? Yeah, I gave my life to Christ 400 times. Okay, fine, which, the first one, okay, right? But he is, Jesus is the author, and he's the finisher of our faith. There are things that are complementary. Salt and pepper, fish and chips, Joel and Lydia, Batman and Robin, complement each other perfect. God and the truth about our natural world, okay? That does not mean that science is always right. Like I said, I'm going to say it a few times. Science is a lot of times wrong. They believe that the earth is flat. If you believe in a flat earth, I'm not going to get into that with you. Okay, there are some people that still believe that. I can't help you with that. Okay? And people, they, the science used to say that the earth was the center of the universe. Everything revolved around it. That is not true. And when that was discovered, some people in the church way back in the day had a cow over it. Like how dare, people were kicked out of the church because of that belief. Because they felt that you can't, science and the faith can't agree. But what you're finding over time, listen, the science books will still have propaganda of mistruth. I get it. Okay? So I'm not denying that. But the, the actual Science itself is knowledge. It's, it's, it's learning. It's trying to get to the truth. Sometimes you're going to be wrong in science. You're going to do all these experiments. You're going to figure out, I'm wrong. You don't just throw away science. You take your little beaker and you throw it across the wall because it was wrong. No, you dump the thing out. That's what I would do if, I had, if, I get, if I'm mixing something. I'm like, well, my theory's wrong. I'm taking that thing and throwing it against the wall and shattering it. No, no, no. You dump it out and you start over. That's what science is. Now, as a Christian, what does that mean with us? It means that as a Christian, 
Man, we've got to become students of God. We've got to become students of who he is. We've got to be students of the scripture. We've got to be students of truth. Because what, that, what it does is you get to the point that your faith, and some of us have been Christians a long time, the faith actually becomes your own and it's not, you're not borrowing the pastor's faith or, or someone else's faith. It's your own. We tell that to teenagers and kids all the time. We celebrate when kids make their own confession of faith, right? No longer it's mom and dad's faith. It's their own. But as adults, as grown-ups who have been Christians a long time, sometimes we take a step back and go, nah, I, don't, I don't need to be a student of God anymore. I know him. I have to be a student of my wife to get to know her even more. I've been married almost 20 years. I'm still learning about her. Because females are complex creatures, right? Just like the universe. They're beautiful. The stars in the, the, stars in the universe and the galaxies, the Milky Way, beautiful and complex. So is a wife. That's a good thing, right? Guys, we're simple, right? We're pretty simple, okay? But the reality is when something is so beautiful and so complex, they're worth studying, so I'm just going to sit here and just watch her and just see what the wheels are in her brain and working right now. I think I'm in trouble here, but anyway. I don't really like when you use me as an example in church. That's okay. It's worth it. But, see, science seeks the truth in our natural world. Do they always get it right? No. So you can open up a science textbook and you'll say, nope, 100%. They're wrong in a lot of things, okay? But the, I'm just talking about science, the word, knowledge. Because science seeks to discover the truth of our natural world. But the Bible reveals the truth about our supernatural God. When you look at creation, when you look at the complexity of our earth, the universe, the stars, the planets, everything, the way it works, I promise you that you will have no other choice but to fall on your knees and worship to the creator because it is so massive that it, it, it just screams. Creation screams, there is a creator. The only ones that deny it are ones that are putting their head in the sand. They don't want to be, they don't want to be accountable to God is why they don't believe that. They do not. Why do people not believe in God? I, I really, here it is. They just don't want to be accountable to this, this God, period. They want to be able to do everything they want and not be accountable to this God. So they just say, oh, I don't believe in him. They shut it off. And over time, their brain actually believes we're all here by accident. Everybody take a deep breath just for a second. That process of getting that oxygen, it's a miracle. Because who put the process there? Well, the lungs are just this perfect bag of air. Why? Even something as simple as that. Now, I need glasses for my eyes because I can't see clearly, right? Anybody have 20-20 vision naturally right now still? I don't think you do, Lid. You don't have 20-20 vision, believe me. I've seen pictures of you when you were teenagers with glasses. Yeah, up close. I realize that your eyes and my eyes are not perfect, okay? Your, your eyes are getting there. But the rest of our eyes are not perfect. Okay, your eyes are. But the complexity of our eyes, the very fact how it works, or your hearing, I know, my hearing is not 100%. Believe me, right, Lynn? Yeah, 50% at best. Huh? <laughs> the way that your 
air comes out of your, and it just forms words in this box, it vibrates, and it forms words that you can kind of understand what I'm saying. Listen, you are a complex being. I'm just talking about you. I'm not talking about the stars and the moon and everything and tilt of the earth. I'm talking about you. You're complex. To say that you're here by accident and there was a bunch of just this ooze and all this stuff and it just went bang and you're here and, you, and all of a sudden you're walking around and you go, I can have rational thought. That right here, wow, that's black. This is a book. I can have rational thought by accident. If you believe that, I'm sorry, but you're, that's stupid. I'm not saying you're stupid. That's stupid. That's, that's irrational. Some people think that Christians are irrational. Just, here it is, as a Christian, don't just use your heart, use your brain. Think. Use your rational thought, and what you do is you become this, this, this student of who the truth is and what the truth is, and you go, I am way too complex for it to be here by accident. There's no way. No, my mom and dad. No, I know the process of the birds and the bees. All right? We have a kid. Sorry. I know the process. But what? who made that process? It has to be someone smarter than me. That's for sure. See, if you're a person of faith, maybe studying creation and the universe and the complexity of things, maybe it's a good thing. It will build your faith. You guys remember the scientific method in school? You guys remember all four of them? I'm going to help you really quick because I have a, this, I'm getting to a point here. It's, you have question, right? You have hypothesis. You make a test. And then you draw your conclusions. Now, I have an example of this. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a test here. Okay. My question is, if I'm on this stage and I jump off, am I going to hit the ground? That's my question. I'm, I already know the answer. Don't, just say, I have no idea. No, I have no idea. Okay. I'm making a question here. Okay. If I jump off this stage, am I going to go down there or am I going to go up and float into the, to the ceiling? Okay, my hypothesis is, is this. I think when I jump off of here, I'm going to start floating to the ceiling. That's my hypothesis. Just throwing it out there. Okay, you're like, you're wrong. They don't know that yet. Don't ruin my fun here. Now I'm going to do a test. What's the test? I'm going to test my hypothesis. My hypothesis, if I jump off this, I'm going to float, which would be a scary thing if that actually did happen right here. Then what do I do? Okay, I'm going to do the test right now. Wow. Now I'm going to draw a conclusion. You know what? My hypothesis was way wrong. My hypothesis was, I think I'm going to jump off of this and I'm going to float to the ceiling. My hypothesis is wrong. So my conclusion is, nope. And if I did it again, I'd say my hypothesis, I'm going to jump off the stage and I'm going to hit the ground. And I would do that. My hypothesis was correct. So I'm going to draw my conclusions by saying the truth. My point is, if you're a Christian, if your faith in God is is questioned by someone in your life. If you see a video, if you listen to a podcast, if you read a book, if you've heard someone say, why do you believe that? Don't throw away the whole thing if, 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 it's, if your, your faith in God is challenged. Like, use that challenge as an exercise in learning the truth. I've had so many people in my life try to talk me out of this faith thing over the years. I can't tell you how many people tried to talk me out of it. They thought I was dumb enough to not 
to, to just, you're just so dumb that you're just going to keep going with this God thing. Yep. 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 You're right. I'm dumb. Whatever. But I've had people say, you cannot be a rational person because of X, because of Y. And I could have gone, ah, no. Okay, I'm done. You're great. It's fine. Because a lot of people's faith is like a house of cards. If you are challenged in one area of your relationship with God or the Bible, if one, if one story is doubted, really, do you really believe in Jonah and the, and, the, and the fish? Do you really believe in the talking donkey? Those are two stories that people will bring up. If your faith is on a house of cards, if it's a house of cards, and someone pulls that card and you are not prepared for it, your whole deck of cards is going to collapse. And that's why we have people who used to be Christian, who someone challenged them a little bit. They were not ready for it. And so they said, you're right. And they ran around like a little kid going, no, I'm done. And they just, they're, they're, they're no longer believing God because they're ashamed that they can't figure out the truth. That's why as Christians, we've got to be students of God. You will learn the truth. And the truth will set you free. Okay? A couple of things and we'll be done. A couple of things that actually agree um, the beginning of everything. Everybody say beginning. Okay? Actually, the beginning of everything, you'll be surprised to know that the most majority of scientists agree with the very first couple words of the Bible. You're like, what? Genesis 1.1 1, 1 actually says, in the beginning, everybody say, in the beginning. In the beginning, this is where they disagree, the, third, the, the fourth word, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, most scientists believe that the earth and the universe had a beginning. In the last 100 years, a little bit over 100 years, they actually come to the conclusion that this earth is not eternal like we used to think. They used to think earth was eternal. There's a couple of little problems we won't get into. There's problems why that can't be true. The evidence points that this earth had a beginning. They call it the Big Bang. Okay? Something was here, something wasn't here, and boom, something's here. Yeah, that's called creation, right? But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. See, the 3,000 years ago, over 3,000 years ago, the Bible claimed something that science didn't believe in. Now they believe that there was a beginning. The major there's a few crazy scientists out there that think it's eternal still. They're going to nine against the evidence. They believe, most of them believe that there is a, a, a start. Now, why is that important? If the universe had a beginning, there had to be a beginner, right? If there was, just think of it like a clock, okay? If there's a clock, there has to be a clock maker, but not only that, there has to be someone that's winding up the whole thing. Like the old watches you had to wind, right? Someone has to be there. You don't, just set the, you don't just set the watch and then just, you, you don't just make it and just leave. Someone has to have a, we call it intelligent design. This is my favorite. Look at the design and the order of the universe. This is where science and faith actually agree. What, what do you mean by that? Okay, scientists, they don't deny that this earth has order and design. It has order. There's certain things that just work. Okay? It's complex. Think about that. I thought about this the other day. Think about if anybody, gardeners here, that you like to plant things. Okay? Does it always work out? Not always, right? right? We plant things and they just die. But anyway, think about the process of that. You have an apple seed. 
you plant in the ground, it starts to rain just supernaturally in a sense. Like, wow, all of a sudden we need, it's exactly what it needs. The water soaks into the ground. The seed pulls that water into its seed. The seed has to die. It breaks. There is actually roots that grow out of that. And then all of a sudden it shoots up through the ground and then more rain. And then you have a plant. And then you have an apple tree. Then, Dwayne here who likes apples, right? You grab an apple and you eat it and then you have a seed again from it and you plant it and you start all the process all over again. Now think about how that seems simple, but it's really complex. Like the idea you can take a little seed like that, you can have a huge, massive apple tree. Why is that? Why is there, why is there that kind of process? Because this universe has organization. This, this universe has processes that are in place perfectly. Think about the tilt of the earth. 23.5 degrees. Did you know that? Now you do. The earth is tilted per. Did you know that if you move the earth 0.1 degree, 0.1, one way or the other, you die? Don't get nervous or anything. Like, okay, just one little thing. Just the asteroid hit our earth and boom, we're gone. Gone. The distance from the sun to the earth, if it was just this much, I mean, I, had, I watched this thing and he said, if I used a tape measure all the way from here to the sun, like less than an inch, if, I went, if the earth moved less than an inch towards the sun, we all burn up and die. Less, and you say, no way. It's true. If you have less than an inch back, away from the sun, you freeze and you die. Listen, this is not an accident. Like, there is no way on earth. In fact, there was a mathematician, a British mathematician. I, 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 I heard him twice this last couple weeks, and I thought, this, this is perfect. Roger Penrose... British mathematician, he calculated the likelihood that the universe would have this design like this on accident. And I'm like, well, how does the guy know that? Well, he's smarter than me. I'm not a mathematician. I know one plus one. Okay, the rest of that, I don't even remember hardly any math because it's been a while. Okay, anybody know one plus one? This guy's a lot smarter than that. But he said this, that the, that the chance of this thing having all the design perfect and the order would be 10 billion to the 123rd power. What does that mean? That means you'd have that 10 billion 123 times later. I don't even know what number that is. Nobody does. What's he saying? What is, what is this guy saying? He's saying to have the, um, everything perfect, the tilt of the earth, to have the distance between the sun and the earth and sun and, the moon and, and everything, everything perfect, even the distance of the earth, or the, the, the moon, the perfect, like if the moon was any farther, we'd flood. It's crazy. The chance of that happening on, on accident is 10 billion to the 123rd power. In other words, it's not going to happen. You could go to the casino right now and put a dollar in every single second for every day for the rest of your life and win every single time. That's not going to happen. You'll put a dollar in there and you're like, okay, I'm done. I just lost a dollar in one second. No, you try to put a dollar in there, you push the button, win, dollar, win, dollar, win. And if you did that for the rest of your life, that, you could do that actually better than what the earth is. There is no way on earth, as I'm using that as a pun, but there's no way on God's green earth that that's going to happen by accident. Psalm 19, I love this. This is my, 
Bible verse from when I was a teenager. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. The real word for that is they continue to cry out. They continue to scream. The, the stars, they scream night after night. They make God known. Go, if you're doubting God for just a minute, go on a night where it's, it's a beautiful, clear sky day. I know it's rare these days, but go outside, look up in the stars. I've said that before here, but I do that from time to time. I come from a city, you could hardly see stars. But here, you can see stars. And when you look up there and you go, wow. If you could just lean a little bit with your heart, you could hear them crying out. Creator, creator. This is my, literally, my testimony is that verse. Last but certainly least, look at the resurrection of Jesus. We've already talked about that last week, so we're not going to go detail with that. But the scripture I want to say in, in 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. You, you, you might, if the resurrection, you might as well be done. Go get ready for the Super Bowl, even though I don't care who wins. You, you might as well just do that. You, you, you might as well. Uh, just do whatever. You know, just go do whatever. Go, go get wasted. Whatever. If the resurrection didn't happen, but if the resurrection happened, it changes everything. I'm going to read six things that really changed my life, and then we'll be done. These are six facts, and I have a list of names. Who is he from? Let me see. i got to see. Um, a guy named William Lane Craig. William Lane Craig is a very good apologist. He, he does study scripture. He, he's a Christian. Um, he defends the faith, and he's a creationist, a very hardcore creationist, design of universe kind of guy, and he gives six facts about the resurrection, that he, why he believes the resurrection actually happened, and I agree with every one of these. First of all, nobody denies that Jesus was a real person, and he died for, by Roman crucifixion. It's a fact in history. It was written outside the Bible. The second thing he believes, Jesus' followers believe that they saw Jesus raised to life, okay? And then going on with that, the followers of Jesus were willing to die for the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. We talked about the last week. And then the followers of Jesus, they were willing to start the church in the exact same place where Jesus was killed. And I had to look that up. What's that big deal? It's because why would you start a church where it's very dangerous? The only reason why is because it was true. They wanted everyone to know. One that I really love, James, the brother of Jesus, didn't believe in Jesus' deity until after the resurrection. If your brother says that you're God... You're God, period. My twin brother, if he said, I'm God, I'd be like, you're crazy. You're a cuckoo, okay? But if, if I say, you know what? My brother Jesus right here, he's God. He probably is, okay? He is the Messiah. He probably is. If your brother is telling you the world, okay? And last, Paul murdered Christians, and he became the biggest influence in the early church was Paul. From murderer to missionary. And as we close in prayer, the biggest reason why I believe in God, he changed my life. There's nothing I can deny about that. Am I perfect? No. But the biggest reason I believe in God, 
I'm a different person. I'm a different person. And I can't deny that. You can take all the creation stuff, and that's fine. It helps me. But the biggest reason I believe in God is because he changed me. And he can change you too. Let's pray. Father, help us to believe in you. Help us to trust in you. God, thank you that your, the heavens declare your glory. The stars cry out, creator. The stars, the heavens declare your existence. God, if something is here, if we're here, there has to be some kind of cause. We're the effect. We're here, but there has to be a cause, the cause and effect. You created us. We believe that, God. Help us to not deny that. Help us to live that out and help us to get to a place where we know why we believe what we believe so we can share that truth with the world. God, we thank you for each other here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Small group Wednesday, 7 o'clock. God bless you.